0: Thank you. I'll be the introductory host for these little snack bite sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world these podcasts focus on actual cryptids folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on full stories of heroes and their big adventures we will also be dropping in some references that have these recent culture and where you can see them represented in the modern day content. So you can learn more and get obsessed as Aaron is the absolute legend of the mythological world. Today we'll be down under and looking at the cute little swamp monster, the Bunyip. I love this little creature, it's a cheeky little bugger that lurks through the billabongs and down by the creeks. So sit back and get ready to hear about this little cute creature. Thank you, Jacob. Jacob is one of my lovely colleagues. I thought it would be fun to pop in some accents from the places some of these monsters are from this month. Jacob is from Australia, although he's also half Danish and lives in Copenhagen, so that's fun. I thought we'd start that off today. Welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin. Shall we get into today's monster? The bunyip is a creature from Australian Aboriginal mythology, though something kind of different for this week. It's said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds and waterholes in the Australian outback. Bunyips are usually described as either a seal or sea lion type creature, with a large saber tooth set of teeth, a black coat, whiskers and no tail. It's about four to six foot long and also kind of resembles a bulldog sometimes. The other version of them is a really long neck like an emu or ostrich, small heads and between five to 15 foot long with black fur, big ears, tusks and a horse tail. They are both amphibious and also have fins instead of feet. There's a huge difference between the two most common sightings. But I love the idea of both of them. And although I've mentioned two of the variations here, there are actually nine registered across Aboriginal Australian records. I personally, from pictures I've seen of them, think they look like giant capybaras, which if you didn't know, are like giant guinea pigs that you can see in zoos. My editor will be very happy to hear me talk about them, as they're his absolute favourite animal in the world, and he's probably getting teary with me just even talking about them. They're incredibly cute, docile creatures, who seem to be friends with all other animals they encounter, even crocodiles, although they are from South America, not Australia. The one thing I do know is that I'm pretty sure Reg the editor would sell his soul for a chance to pet one. They are nocturnal creatures who can swim as fast as fishes, roar as loud as lions, and mostly feed on sea creatures such as crayfish and shrimp. Now, I know I've described them as a combo of sea lions and emus, but apparently they also lay eggs like platypuses, or platypi, I'm not really sure on the pluralisation of that word either. And as fun as all this sounds, they do have a pretty fearsome reputation for eating people, specifically women and children, although this does seems to be few and far between in terms of incidences. Bunyips are said to hang around in swamps and rivers, but they've mostly been attributed to the Murray and Darling rivers in Victoria. Some accounts have mistaken them for water spirits, although they have no magical powers that could even make them look this way aborigine tribe called the garandjeri had one of these water spirits called the mulya hysterical name i know and this would kill anyone that would take too many fish from the river murray which they protected or if children got too close to the water we're thinking this might be an excuse for seeing the bunyip but actually it was this other mythical creature from sighting in 1847, George French Angus described them as a much dreaded by the people and its most unusual form is that of an enormous starfish. I can't find any other accounts of this, so this is just kind of a one-off, I thought it was fun. Now onto etymology, the word bunyip is translated as devil or evil spirit. There's another word in Aborigine that is sometimes linked to the bunyip, which is bunjil, which means a mythic great man who made mountains, rivers, man and all the animals, which is a cool fun fact. The origin of the word, however, is linked back to the Wemba Wemba language, which is spoken by some of the Aboriginal people in Victoria in southeastern Australia. The word didn't get over to Europe until the mid-1800s, where it wasn't really widely used as an adjective. The word Barnyip was first used in the Sydney Gazette back in 1812. That's spelt slightly differently, it's got an H in between the A and the N, usually Barnyip is spelt B-U-N-Y-I-P, this is B-A-H-N-Y-I-P. And this was first used in 1812, as I said, it was used to describe a large black animal like a seal with a terrible voice which creates terror among the locals. I will just say now as a PSA that I did have to edit that quote slightly as there was a very insensitive word for people of colour in there. In the 1850s the meaning had changed again and Bunyip meant imposter, pretender or in Aussie terms a humbug. Then Bunyip was used in 1853 to describe someone who was trying to be royalty, which kind of fits into the pretender meaning I spoke about earlier. In the 1990s, Paul Keating, who was the Prime Minister of Australia at the time, called the Liberal Party bunnips, which I can imagine was really funny at the time, and yes, I did try YouTubing it, and I ended up watching a whole load of videos about the Australian government fighting against British rule in the 80s and 90s, which was not only very interesting to me, as I thought Britain and Australia had a pretty good relationship, but it was also pretty entertaining. The word bunyip can still be found around Australia today, especially in place names such as the Bunyip River, and there's also a town called Bunyip just outside of Victoria. The first ever record of an actual creature was the Chalicum Bunyip, which was a basic image of a bunyip carved by Aboriginal people into a riverbank in Victoria in 1851. It showed a bunyip being jabbed by a spear after killing someone, People did try and keep this drawing intact during the 1850s, but unfortunately it's now worn away. There have been a couple of attempts to justify where the bunyip myth came from, and here are my absolute highlights. In 1933, Charles Fenner, an Australian geologist, explained that he thought it was due to seals occasionally swimming up through the Murray and Darling rivers, which could be mistaken as bunyips due to their size and shape. He said that the smooth fur, prominent apricot eyes in the bellowing cry are characteristics of the seal, especially elephant seals and leopard seals, which are known to roam about the Australian waters. Another cool suggestion is that the Bunyut might be a sighting of an extinct Australian animal, such as the Diprotodon, the Zygomitoris, the Nototherium, or the palochestis, I really tried there, which, if you have a look at these, they're all marsupials, the same kind of animal group as kangaroos, koalas, and wallabies that really only thrived historically in Australia. When the Aborigines were shown skeletal remains of these ancient creatures, they actually identified them as bunyips. How unbelievably wild is that? But if you go down to the weird long neck version of the bunyip, a couple of accounts in 1845 linked it to the horrifying cassowary. If you don't know what a cassowary is, it's a dinosaur looking giant blue bird from Australasia, which has massive talons and can kill you with a kick. Fun fact is that zookeepers who care for them aren't allowed in their pens, but they can go chill with lions, you know? Cassowaries are bloody scary. If you haven't seen a picture of one, go look them up. They are not extinct. They are very real animals. Anyway, the rumour has it that bunyits lay massive blue eggs which are born to have claws, powerful legs, brightly coloured chests and an emu-like head, which all conveniently line up to the description of a cassowary. However, the one thing that does let this theory down is that cassowaries are only found in Queensland, which is much further North Australia than Victoria. Lastly, when the Europeans came over to Australia and tried to conquer it, the Bunyip was revered as this cryptid-like being which has never been found, truly sparking the folklore that we have of it today. Also, the Europeans could link similar folklore characters, such as the Puka from Celtic-Irish mythology, the Hydra from Greek mythology, or the Greek Slang from African mythology. The last one we'll cover in two weeks' time. Now let's cover a few sightings and encounters. Most of the sightings of bunyips were between the 1840s and 50s in Victoria and New South Wales. The earliest one was in 1818 when some huge bones were found in Lake Bathurst in New South Wales. They thought that the animal was either a manatee or a hipposkeleton. And then actually the Philosophical Society of Australasia offered to buy the skeleton from the finder and never said why. How mysterious could the bunyip exist? Who knows? In 1846, a bunyip or an immense platypus or platypus was seen sunning himself on the placid bosom of the Yara just opposite the custom house in Melbourne. However, a crowd gathered and free men set after it, so it ran off. But quite a funny story of the bunyip trying to catch some rays being interrupted by nosy humans. Yeah. In William Buckley's 1852 biography, where he spent 30 years living with the Watharong people hiding from the law, he said the following about bunyips, which he apparently saw either several of or several times. In Lake Mudiwari, as well as in most of the others inland, is a very extraordinary amphibious animal which the natives call bunyip. He said that he could only ever see the back, which was covered in grey feathers and was the size of a large calf. Apparently he was convinced that the Bunyip had supernatural powers too. Lastly, there was a newspaper article published called the Bunyip, which talked about the adventures of Edwin Stocklear as he ventured down the Murray and Goldburn rivers. He drew numerous pictures of what looked like a Bunyip. However, he described it as a large seal with fins on its shoulders, black shiny hair like a platypus, a long swan-like neck and a pelican-like pouch under its chin. He saw these creatures about six times, varying from 5 to 15 foot in length, and actually ended up shooting at one of them. It got away, but he did talk to endless newspapers about his discovery. However, a lot of the publications just thought it was a water vole, and if you haven't seen those they're tiny, or a sea serpent which is totally believable and is just so wild. But he proper stood by what he saw. He went to prove the newspapers were making it up, so he went out again to see if he could find it to no avail. However, he did end up making a mile long diorama made of 70 pictures of the bunyip, pictures being drawings here. Sadly though, it seems to have disappeared to history and might not even exist anymore, which is terribly sad. That leads us very nicely on to cultural significance. Firstly to art, there's a coin-operated Bunyip statue that was built in 1972 by Dennis Newell, which is under the Murray Bridge. It's literally what nightmares are made of if you're in any way scared of water-emerging animatronics. I think that's got a specific name somewhere. Don't look this up, it's actually terrifying. There's also the Magaldi Bunyip statue, which was built in 2011 in Queensland, Australia, to commemorate the branch of the Queensland Country Women's Association's 80 years of service and Queensland's 150 years as a state of Australia. It was designed by Brett Benneke and Paul Irvine, as apparently there was a famous bunyip hole nearby. There's a lovely statue of a character called Alexander Bunyip that was installed in front of the Gungalin Library in 2011 by Anne Ross. It's called A for Alexander, B for Bunyip, and C for Canberra. The character Alexander Bunyip was created by children's author Michael Salmon and was famous for his book The Monster That Ate Canberra. Alexander was featured in loads of his books and even got his own live-action TV show called Alexander Bunyip's Billabong. Lastly for statues and my favourite is the Bunyip of Berkeley's Creek, which is the sweetest little statue outside of the Victoria State Library. He's based on a character from a book of the same name from 1973, written by Jenny Wagner, where he goes on an adventure to find other bunyips and every other creature tells him he's hideous and made up, so he just kind of lives with it, love it. With other art, the most famous depiction of a bunyip is the painting from 1890 by J. McFarlane, which makes them look a bit panther-like, I think. Another weird one is titled Bunyip from 1935 by Gerald Markham Lewis. This one is meant to be the long neck version, but again, it's complete nightmare fuel. Otherwise, check out some independent artists. Bit of a wild few, but in 1916, there was even a ragtime musical comedy called Bunyip, written by Ella Arley, which toured around 10 venues in Australia. There was a song written about bunyips for a show called Dot and the Kangaroo, which was kind of a dreamscape kind of song you can find on YouTube, highly recommend. And there's also a newspaper in Gawler, South Australia called The Bunyip, which I also think is very cute. On to movies. These are mostly Australian films, so might not be as well known to a Western audience, may I just note this now, but in 1986 the film Frog Dreaming was released, and is about trying to find a bunyip, and there are also three horror movies based around being hunted by the bunyip, Red Billabong from 2016, The Long Weekend from 1978, and Bunyip from 2015. There's also a weird fake documentary film called Bunyip the Movie that came out in 2013, but the synopsis was really serious and kind of weird. Also, the Bunyip awakens when Godzilla does in the new Godzilla King of Monsters movie from 2019. You can see it on the monitor that he's arisen under Allural in the Outback, otherwise known as Aya's Rock. The TV, Bunyip's featured in The Silver Brumby, Bertie the Bunyip, The Secret Saturdays, the Bunyip and the Boomeroo. Video games are an interesting one this week. In 1992, they were in Werewolf the Apocalypse, in 2002, they were a main character in Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, that's 1, 2 and 3, and they're also in Scribblenauts and Final Fantasy X. Bunyips are featured heavily in Australian's kids' books, as we kind of touched on earlier. Honestly, have a look at the Alexander Bunyip with The Monster That Ate Canberra, for some Dr. Zeus style art, or Jenny Wagner's The Bunyip of Berkeley's Creek, for something really, really sweet. My book recommendation, my proper one this week, is Matt Clayton's Australian Mythology, Captivating Dreamtime Stories of Indigenous Australians. It's a really good one if you want to learn some more about Aboriginal culture and about the heritage of Australia and Australian stories. Now it's time for, do I think they existed? Now I'm gonna blow your minds this week again, people, because I'm going to say yes, I know, crazy. The reason I say this is because firstly it makes sense that these marsupials that look like a strange mixture of platypuses, capybara and big cats come from the land of marsupials like Australia. Also, I don't think it's that big of a jump to think that something like the bunyip could have existed a few million years ago. I doubt that it could have hunted people, but big fish is a big maybe. Also, no offence intended to any Aussie listeners, as we do have a few on occasion, Australia is a wildlife hellscape, with possibly some of the scariest and most deadly animals on the planet, living not only in the outback, but in villages, towns and big cities. I'll tell you a story, my uncle lives in Brisbane, and once told me about a cane toad, which are giant frogs, considered pests, and were introduced into Australia, they are not native, which he impaled with a pitchfork in his garden and left there. Two days later, he took the pitchfork out of the frog, and it hopped away like nothing had ever happened. Also, one of my former colleagues had a spider lay eggs up his butt, so literally anything can happen in Oz. Bunyips are really the least of their worries. You can literally be attacked by a saltwater crocodile whilst wandering around your local park with your dog. I'll tell you what I love the most about the Bunyip though, is that it's so respected and upheld in Australian culture. Even now, I love that they embrace him as a cultural icon, have so many statues of them, and they're seen on TV and in movies all the time. It's just so lovely. It really reminds me of how countries like Scotland embrace the unicorn or Scandies the elves. That was a real killer one this week. I'm so glad we've been able to get over to Australia and Oceania. Thanks for hanging in there, Kiwi and Australian listeners. I've got to you eventually. The Bunyip is such a cool little creature, and there's so much content in this one, so I really hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're staying in the east, but heading up to the Philippines for the horrifying Penangalan. Protect your next next episode when we'll learn about these blood-sucking monsters from Filipino mythology. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. The Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod, but all of our content can be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. So come and join the fun and share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later babes!